heavy track today. Yeah, not vibing risky lettuce, getting sinker vibes. I don't know, says on the Tab app she's firming. Don't just vibe it, get expert tips in Tab's new race feed. Tab, we're on. What are you really gambling with? Um, time to head over to New Zealand because it is a huge day. Mick Gearin is very busy. I'm uh, very appreciative of his time because it is New, Ch- New Zealand Trotting Cup Day, the biggest day of their calendar over there, and we've got so much to discuss out of the Melbourne Cup Carnival as well. And as I say hello to Mick, I am uh, hoping he didn't have Cody's banner as one of his best bets of the program because it's just won the first at $41. How are you, Mick? I'm well, Michael, mate. Uh, what about you just casually saying, oh, I was busy on Saturday <laughs> just hosting the, hosting the biggest television panel in, in the country for Champions Day. Uh, too modest. See, on the story about giving commentators things to say during the day, we used to play it all the time when we did the night shots because the new boy race 10, no one was watching anymore. <laughs> so so my mates used to text me things to try and get into the pre-race comments, and one of them was, Get as many quotes from the movie Napoleon Dynamite as you can into the coverage. <laughs> You'll be surprised what you can come up with if you've got five minutes of Cambridge in the middle of June. Oh, I love it. That is brilliant work. Excellent. Uh, well, um, I hope you can get a few winners into your coverage today. Uh, how big is it out there at the moment? I've had a look on the Sky coverage, and it looks like there's a, a great crowd trackside. Mate, well, that makes you mock all that to cap it at 15,000. Really? 15,000. Well, 15,000 in, in Christchurch is like 100,000 in Melbourne. I mean, it's only a city of 250,000 people. And I don't say this lightly, but it's the only thing I've done in, in Australasia where the impact on the day is the same as the Melbourne Cup. They're not as big as the Melbourne Cup. I'm not being silly. No, that, that's a ridiculous thing to say. But it's one of those days where it takes over an entire city, a small city, but everybody in Christchurch is a cup day. They don't even call it Trotting Cup Day, it's Cup Day. It's the biggest day of racing in New Zealand every year. So the Harness Race, which is surprising, a more glamorous day and a more important day is Barack and Williams. But it's, it's just one of those historical days. And the Cup is one of those historical races. It's worth 750 grand, Michael, mm. which isn't a lot, and there's even richer harness races in New Zealand. But nothing matters like today to these folk and also to some Australian folk, because Akuta's favourite for the Cup, but very rarely a second favourite, an Australian and Swayze from New South Wales, and they completely dominate the market uh, on what's an awfully long day. There's 12 races. It's about 30 degrees, which is hot in Christchurch. They feel it more than people do in Melbourne. Um, and you saw people having the champagne breakfast at 9 o'clock this morning, Michael, and I thought to myself... There's going to be a long day for some of these people. So it really, it's, it's a great betting day. Um, almost all the favourites all day have drawn the second line, which is really good because if harness racing has a weakness, it's those dollar thirty, dollar forty favourites. People don't like too many on the card. Today, there's only one odds on it for the entire day because all the favourites in the Group Ones have all drawn the second line. So it's made it a, a really good day for people who are intelligent hunters. And something the Australians do, which Kiwis don't, and that is have your two bets in a race. Back this and cover on this. Michael, trying to tell New Zealanders to do that is literally like asking them to swim to Antarctica. They just <laughs> will not do it. Whereas Australians, because you're taught by your bookmaker system how to punt better, are more likely to do it. I think that's the trick to today, and I think if you do that well, you can win. Well, I like that. First of all, tell us who wins the cup then. I think one of... One of the two favourites will win. That doesn't sound very original. 
the more likely out of the two, I think one of them will be in front with the lap to go, and I think that horse will win. And I think Akuta is more likely because he's had eight career standing starts for five wins. Swayze's had no career standing starts. He had one standing start trial to qualify for this, but they're just irrelevant. They're three horses at Menangle on a Wednesday afternoon. There's no one there. So this is a vastly different thing. And here's a little hint for you. Here's, here's one you may not have heard of before or considered. He's starting from two on the second line. The horse in barrier two is a cult called Republican Party from Crandell Gettys. The horse in barrier three is another cult from Crandell Gettys, trained in the same stable. They hate each other. They can't even be geared up in the same barn. <laughs> and bizarrely, true story, bizarrely, they're actually standing next to each other by fluke in the New Zealand Cup. Brock Swayze standing behind him. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to end well, but if you're having a big bet on Swayze, that's a less than mm. ideal situation because they start from the second line. Akuta, I think, will land in front of him after 400 metres, and that could well be a huge tactical advantage. One of those two should win. 15 to be 13 in the cup, which goes at 20 past three Melbourne time. What a bizarre thing that you don't see in a form guide. Beware, because these two horses hate each other <laughs> just in front of where you're drawn. My, as you know, Michael, with the Melbourne Cup, you just dig deeper and deeper to find <laughs> something people don't, people don't know. They never know. I got a couple of SMSs. Hey, can you tell Mick I've put my last on Charlie Brown into confessional? Uh, does he give me a good chance today? I do. I was tipping those on Sky this morning. Charlie Brown's in the next race. It's a perfect two-hit race. One of those races I spoke about. Charlie Brown, I think, will go forward. He's not a drive-hard horse, but he's got the gate speed to go forward. And if he gets to the lead, the danger is Jollymont. So six and ten. But Jollymont's one on the second line, which is not a great place to be starting from. So I do think you can make your case, if you're this way inclined, Maybe if you want to spend it and don't spend more money than you could afford to, but say you've got $50 to spend and it's a reasonable bet for you. If you put your 35 on Charlie Brown and your 15 on Jollymont, there's a good chance that in about 15 minutes you'll have more money than you do now. I like it. What are your better bets on the program? Well, I like race three confessional. I like it a lot. I do a lot of track work driving for Paul Neam, so he tells me his secrets. He sat at home last week in his lounge and, and made a special boot for this horse because Paul's a weirdo, but a total genius of horses. He's the man from Snowy River. And he's made this boot for the horse, which enables it to trot squarely under pressure, even though it slightly touches itself. I said, how did you work it? Because I'm going to tell the people at home. He said, I worked it Friday, trot as good as gold. Now, again, I would take him as four units, whatever your units are, and I'd cover one unit on out of my way. His stable mate's fallen down the rankings to a point where he's gone from open class racing to this racing. So I'm happy to back confessional in race three and cover on out of my way. If I had those two split bets in the next two races, I'll be very comfortable that I'm likely to come out with a profit, Michael. And then you start rolling into the big stuff later on where we see the unbeaten three-year-old filly, Millwood Nike. She's won 15 from 15. She starts from barrier 15 mm. in a sprint race. It is going to be... The biggest challenge of her career, and I would say one of the bigger challenges for New Zealand three-year-old fully since Adore Me took on the males, the boys, in the uh, Great Northern Derby back about 2013, 2014. So that, that's some of the highlights of the day. There's other ones, Don't Stop Dreaming versus Merlin, two very good group one running three-year-olds, again, both on bad barrier draws. And the two-year-old boys trying to work themselves out. Here's one for our Victorian listeners. One of the favourites for that race, Cold Chisel. That's one of the great 
iconic Australian bands. And one of the bands of my teenage years, I would love to see Cold Chisel win, actually owned by Dean Shannon, the man yes. who runs the Australian arm of Intake. Yep, that's it. Uh, gee, I've seen you sing a few Cold Chisel songs over the years as well. Oh, love it. And I'll, I'll be trying to bash out some caisson tonight, brother, <laughs> if I'm still walking around about 10 p.m. <laughs> hey, just quickly, how uh, how big a, um, I suppose, deal was it uh, to watch Imperatrice on the weekend from all New Zealand racing fans? Did they really get involved in the Champions uh, Sprint on Saturday? Very much. It was the race of the week for New Zealanders. They'd be more interested in Imperatrice than the Melbourne Cup post-carnival because... Yeah, I don't know much about luck without a fight, and I'm thrilled for the Freemans and market at one. But to be honest, Imperators is going to be the story for the next two or three months. I reckon they'll make their decision in two weeks. They usually tell me the truth when I ask them stuff. I think they want to go to Escot, but I don't think they will. I think they really want to go there because Karen and David have been to Escot, and they're Anglophiles. They love all that royal stuff. They both had royal honours given to them on King's birthdays. So they love all that English stuff. Uh, and I think the idea of potentially meeting the king would be an awfully big deal for them, as, as it is for lots of people. So I think they want to go, but I think with the TJ, a couple of races in Melbourne in the TJ, and they're going to go to the Everest next year, if she's in one piece, of course. I think it's a really big decision. And when I talk to some of the good horsemen, they tell me it's harder for the leaders because obviously they start to, to get in and out of season and then their bodies get confused. Now, we've had some years go up there, of course, like Miss Andretti and do the job. I've had years like Cool and Gatter who couldn't do the job. Mm. But when I talk to the really experienced trainers, and you hear it when they come the other way too, bringing geldings and stuff down for the Melbourne Cup Carnival is great. Yes, there's the occasional magic wand or true self who can perform as a mirror, but it can be a trick for them getting in and out of that spring cycling. So I think it is a little bit more difficult. I would say my best guess knowing them, 70% they don't go, 30% they do go, just because... Even if you're bad at math, you can man them up pretty quickly. I've got about $30 million worth of sprint races to aim for next year without even leaving Australia. And one thing, Michael, that some people wouldn't consider, they're trying to build the Australian base. Yep. I've got 20 at Cranbourne. They want 40, then they'll want more. And if you keep winning the biggest races in Australia, that's going to mean more to your potential ownership base and your database than winning races in England because most people in England don't want horses trained in Australia. So I think she won't go. I hope she does go um, because, yeah, that would be an absolute rarity. We haven't had a New Zealand train towards at Ascot. We had Enzo's lad in 2019 just before COVID, but we haven't had many over the years. Um, we have had a New Zealand bred one of their little Brits who won the sprint about 10 years ago. Sea Change actually went mm. about 15 years ago. When it's Scrapper, Sea Change is Scrapper when it went to Ascot. One Jane Ivel racing.com presenter was the young lady who looked after she changed back then so that's how rare it is we're talking about two or three horses this millennium from new zealand have gone to ascot maybe we're about to get another one gee be exciting wouldn't it uh but i can see um why you're swaying to the ladder with the amount of prize money and what they're trying to build here uh mick i appreciate you giving us uh, your time on the busiest day of the year uh in new zealand and the next race the second race is only about five minutes away so i'll i'll let you go and get involved and uh, appreciate all the work that you've done and we'll chat next week michael i appreciate the time always enjoy a chat just one word of caution 
I don't care what happens today. Do not ring my phone before 10 a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> There's no chance. I, I have not had a drink. Michael, I've not had a drink for three weeks. Have I will all. not be able to say that in about 18 hours time. Oh, look out. Uh, <laughs> enjoy, Mick. Cheers, brother.